Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. They always say congratulations. Welcome back. Hour number two. It is Two Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television on the YouTube and the Two Tell Nuanas channel on the stream. And what is Thank your opportunity. We are at Stocks Bar downtown hanging out. Got some U.S. Open tennis going on. Djokovic. How come people hate Djokovic, man? I love this guy. He's awesome. He's cantankerous. No, that's perfect. Uh, we are also broadcasting through the Kurt Fuller Studios. Kurt Fuller is at 2904 West Broadway, Zula Highway 83, and see it online at KurtzPolaris.com. It's time now for our ESPN Roundtable. It is presented by Kurt Olsen. Our guest, Sean Ray, a friend of ours, but also uh, a guy who's been a sports television broadcaster in Montana for quite a while now. I mean, six, seven, eight years he's coming up on and went to school at the University of Montana, but from California originally. Fun conversation that we had with Sean. And the TV business in Montana, Montana is market share 180-something out of a, maybe a possible 185 or 190 markets in the entire country, so... Kids that are coming here are always kids. They're coming here right out of school. They're signing their two-year contracts. They're cutting their teeth. They're going off to bigger, maybe not necessarily better places, mm-hmm. but I've worked with all sorts of TV guys that have started here and then gone on to mid to mid mid-high level markets and even sometimes really high-level markets. And uh, sometimes they want to they they yearn to come back. Sometimes they get out of the business, whatever it is, but. I've always thought it was interesting that so few guys come here, 
There's been several guys that have done that that are from Montana. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But Sean's from Southern California. And I remember working with Sean you know, alongside him. We were uh, we didn't quite cross paths in journalism school, but he's just two years younger. So I remember playing hoops with him in college and stuff. And and then I remember when he got his first job over there at K-Pax. And then uh, he parlayed that then into ABC Fox, which is now developed into this great sports network that's SWX, which includes us. And uh, so it's been great to watch him grow as a sports broadcaster. It's been great to develop a friendship with him. And now it's been great to work with him professionally consistently and, and have a partnership with him. Yeah. But the thing that I think that uh, sets Sean apart is he's matured a lot as a broadcaster, certainly. But he also he understands the value of the experience of cutting your teeth, but then mastering not only a craft, but a beat, as you mm-hmm. say. Yes, there's a definitive advantage over most people in Montana because most of the TV guys, by the time they actually learn it, they're, they're out. out. Sean's not out. Right. Sean has been here for almost 10 years now, and right. so he has a lo- he, he can talk about Bobby Houck round one and Robin Flugrad and Mick Delaney and all these other coaches for the Grizz. You know, he's covered Larry Kostovac and Wayne Tinkle and Travis DeCure. Gives you good perspective. Yeah. And I think we have parallels on that a- avenue because I've had opportunities to leave and I, d- I haven't wanted to because I think that being an expert at something that matters to you and matters to the people that follow you is important. And I think that that's where you get the best sort. Coulter, you and I have built our lives on communication. And one thing that people may not realize is Blackfoot. That is their bread and butter. And right now, they are spending a ton of time and money creating an incredible network of fiber optic cables across the state of Montana, a state that, thank you very much, could use some innovation and advancement in that way, right? You probably already know Blackfoot, a local partner for internet, voice, and professional services that fuel growing businesses like yours. Right now, Blackfoot is extending its fiber optic cable networks in Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and around the region. Yeah, like hundreds of miles of fiber optic cable. It's a stunning amount that they're putting in right now. Check out goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link if you're on Podbean or just copy the URL into your browser. Go see what they're up to. I think you'll be impressed when you find out all the things that Blackfoot does. Particularly in Bozeman. Bozeman, as you know, is booming right now. And Blackfoot, they got you all taken care of. How does fiber optics benefit your business? We're not quite sure, but Blackfoot sure does. Give them a call, 866-541-5000, or find them online at goblackfoot.com. Of content and coverage and i think sean right now is producing the best content and coverage of anybody in the state of montana from the tv avenue well it was a fun conversation we appreciate his time enjoy our espn roundtable presented by paradise falls with sean rainey welcome in to the espn roundtable happy to be joined by the broadcaster of the year our friend and most importantly great golfer sean rainey hi sean how are you bud Oh, anytime I get to uh, hang out with you fellas, it's a good day. Well, it certainly is, and you're welcome in advance uh, for that. Uh, Sean, it's great to have you here at the roundtable. we got a lot of stuff to talk about, some sports stuff and some personal stuff. But wanted to start just with you a little bit because I think people, uh, you know, they see you on television and they, they hear you out there in the world. You know, how, you know how, does, how does a person go about doing what it is that you do? But you've, you've always loved sports. I know that you've been into it from a very early age. But when, was it, when did you think that okay, sports broadcasting and specifically television was maybe a way that you wanted to go? I think it might, might have started when I was in like junior high. I remember, you know, watching SportsCenter and listening to games and stuff. And I'd put a game, like a baseball game on mute and I would, you know, try to call it myself. Um, that's kind of where it started. Um, of course, 
back then you you know everybody thought you were gonna play professionally and so that was going to be the gig, right? You were going to be a pro athlete. You were That's be, right, until yeah. I turned nine and everybody yeah. <laughs> told me otherwise. And then, you know, obviously, like, I've just been obsessed with sports and followed it my whole life and went to the University of Montana and kind of knew I wanted to get into, you know, sports broadcasting and journalism when I, right when I went to college and stuck with it and was lucky enough to get a job after college and I've kind of just hung out here since. <laughs> I definitively knew I was never going to be a pro athlete. Never dreamed of it for one second. <laughs> Thought I'd be a pro card broker, maybe a pro baseball manager. Never a pro athlete. <laughs> Regardless, I want to ask you about your dedication and your love of Montana because you're a Southern California guy. You mentioned you came up here from Southern California for school, but so often, especially in the TV business, when you're, you know, you're the market is such a big deal, the size of the market is such a big deal, you're on contracts, they're short. I've worked with so many TV guys in my 13 years covering the Big Sky Conference, both between Missoula and Bozeman, and so often the guys from out of state come, they cut their teeth, they do great, and then they go somewhere else, and then they get rise up, bigger markets, whatever it might be. Your guys done a great job since you started doing this, but you've stayed here. I think that gives you a definitive advantage in uh, just the knowledge you have of all the teams, but why? What about Missoula? What about the University of Montana and, and prep sports in Montana, all the things you cover, what, what, what has kept you here in Montana? I think it's three things. I think one, so I grew up in Julian, California, which is an hour east of San Diego. It's a, there's a little mountain range and then the desert. And we were the small town on the mountain range, about 4,000 people. My high school was only like 225 kids. So I always kind of liked the smaller town. I've never been like a big city person. Like I just like, I'm just not into the, the crowds and stuff. So that's kind of one. Um, number two is I uh, married a Montana girl. Um, we met. A good in, reason to yeah. stay. And a great choice. Yeah. <laughs> so she's from Livingston. We met in college. And, you know, she's really close to her family. And we um, all like Montana. And then business-wise, you know, I, I really like this market because I love covering Montana because it's it's big enough where people care and it matters and it's a big deal, but it's small enough where, especially now that I've been here long enough, I can kind of do what I want and, and I don't have, a, there's not a lot of restrictions. You know, I've, you know, I've, you know, done stories with doing trick shots with the basketball team. I've gone golfing with the quarterback and like, and that kind of stuff, you get the access that you would nowhere near get at you know, a larger school. And I've, and I've seen a lot of people in, in this industry go to bigger places. And then I've talked with them and, and they say, it's really not all it's, you know, cut out to be like, Oh yeah, I'm covering an NFL team, but they don't know. None of the players know who I am. They don't care what, what I'm doing. It's like, yeah, you're, you're here covering NFL, but you're not like a part of it. You're not close to it. You don't get to, it, it's just not the same. And I've really kind of taken what they've said to heart and I've just, enjoyed being here and I enjoy how much emphasis our, our company is putting on sports and so that's why I've kind of stayed a lot of people uh, anybody who's traveled for work uh, and traveled a lot knows that uh, the the uh, romantic period of that ends pretty quickly uh, nonetheless especially in football season you travel a lot with this team all the all the places with the University of Montana and you know doing the games you'll be doing the game in South Dakota you know uh, uh, Saturday 
What's it like? Because I think a lot of people would love to be sort of embedded with the team, going, staying in the hotel, getting up, eating the meals, doing the thing. And, you know, aside from, I know, being away from your wife, being away from your kids, that, but the experience of getting on the plane, maybe the bus, whatever it might be, and actually being with the crew going to do this as they sort of build that energy to kick off. Yeah, and I... I kind of have to remind myself of that sometimes. You know, I've been doing it for a few years, and even just maybe not even traveling with the Grizz, but just coming into work and and remembering, like, oh, man, I remember in college when I worked at Perkins as a server, and they wanted me to work from, you know, 10 at night to 4 in the morning, and I just dreaded, you know, I'd have to go to work on, you know, Friday night. I remember on Tuesday I was dreading it. I, I never dread coming into work. And, like, for those Grizz trips, like, yeah, I mean, travel can kind of, you know, get a little bit taxing because, you know, you're going with a giant party, so it's hopping on a bus, hopping on a plane, hopping, you know. But, yeah, b- being able to go, you know, I'm flying on the charter with the team, and you're kind of there and, and close and, and around it. And the night before, you know, you hang out with some people. Like, um, so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, and y- you do kind of feel like a part of it. You kind of set, you know, it's a, it's a weird dynamic for me because I'm like, I host the Grizzly Sports Report, so I'm like kind of invested in it, but at the same time, I'm you know supposed to be like neutral and I'm a, you know a part of a, you know a set set aside from it at the same time. But it is it's a ton of fun, and you you get to cover every single one of these games. You just get more invested you know into the season, and, and makes it a lot more fun. That was interesting. You're talking about guys that we've known that have risen to cover. Pro sports, the guys that I worked with at the student newspaper, for example, the University of Montana, one covers the Los Angeles Lakers, one covers the University of Maryland football, one covers the Oregon Ducks. And it obviously there's a lot different levels of access or lack thereof, but the guy that covers the Lakers, Bill Orem, he, you know, I've talked to him about it before, said, you know, what, what sort of thrill is that to interview LeBron James? And he's like, well, it's, it's not really, because you get to see LeBron James in real life person but you're one of 60 people standing at his locker. And I think that even though the access uh, has ebbed and flowed at both the Montana schools throughout the years, there really is a real element of personal to it, right? And so, I mean, tell us some about some of your just favorite interactions. Do you have anything that stands out to you or any favorite interviews or, or just broadly, what, what is your favorite part about doing the job that you do? Ooh, that's a really good question. But, it, I mean, it is that. It, it is establishing you know, the relationships, you know, with a lot of the players. Um, man, I'm trying to think of, like, some instances that really, like, stand out. I remember, like, hmm, let me think here. I remember, like, when, you know, Ryan Burke, he was the, the receiver from Billing Central, and he retired with concussions. And, uh, you know, he's into golf, and I'm into golf. And he's like, hey, you want to you wanna do a golf scramble with me after he retired? And so, like, me and him and Brady Gufson, when he was still the quarterback, we went and, like, did a scramble together. And it was just, like, it was just a good – it was just a good time of being able to like, you know, know these athletes and you know, and off the field. And I think what's what's funny about all of this and 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 that in my job is people then think that if I'm doing all of this with like the Grizz athletes, that I'm so like pro Montana and not Montana State. But it's so funny because like once you get to know them, you know that like it's like that. At Montana State as well and there's like a lot of cool like student athletes and like Daenerys McGee like interned at our station and here's this is kind of a funny story I called I called uh Jeff Eberle um my guy over there our sports guy and it wasn't Jeff Eberle that answered the phone it was like hey Sean how's it going what do you want me to do today for for work and I was like 
okay, this is not Jeff. I do not. What is, what is, what is going on here? And he like, I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll just play along for a second. I was like, yeah, what are, are you going to, you know, cover Montana State today? What are you going to do? He's like, oh yeah, I think we're going to cover that quarterback guy. I heard that he's like a really cool dude. And he's like, yeah, Sean, this is Denarius. I'm sorry. Like, I had to, you know, it's like you get and like, I don't know, you get to see firsthand, like, um, and you get to know, you know, like a lot of the athletes. And that's just kind of the cool thing. Cause then you, you know, people say like, you know, you don't, you know, you don't root for certain teams to win and whatnot, but you get to watch like, especially college kids as they come in at 18 and a lot of them you covered in high school yep. and already established a relationship when they were in high school. And then you get to watch them throughout their four years and watch them kind of grow as people. And then, so it's hard not to like, you know, just root for them and their individual success and things like that. The ESPN Roundtable with SWX Sports Director Sean Rainey, presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. I think that's one of the most maybe misunderstood parts of our job. You know, I'm a guy that went to the University of Montana. My brother played for the Grizz. And then I basically had the first, quote-unquote, big break of my career in Bozeman, covering Montana State, being the sports editor at the Bozeman Daily Chronicle. Used that to then parlay into starting my own company. And... and then when I came back to Missoula, when I first got to Bozeman, everybody thought I'm a Grizz. I'm gonna just muddy the yeah. program. And then when I came back to Missoula, oh, that's the Bobcat guy. He's been covering the Bobcats for like six years. And I know you go through this all the time too. And I think that's the thing that people need to understand is that we are objective journalists who we just call it like we see it. And the way that we report, write, analyze, TV broadcast, give commentary on the radio, we try to just be straight down the middle about all of it. But I think that the other thing that people don't understand, everybody says, you're either you're a cat or you're a grizz, and that's it. And I just don't think that that's necessarily has to be true. And I think the other thing that people get lost on is they think, oh, you're objective, so that means you're a hater. That means you don't like any of it. And I think that that's not true either. I think that we would all three agree that we don't root for the result of any game. What's going to happen is what's going to happen, and we're just going to bring you the news. We're just going to bring you the result. But, of course, we want the kids to succeed. I'm not rooting for any kid to fail. Why would you want that? I think that's the part that uh, is a little bit misunderstood to me. Well, I, I mean, I think it's, after doing this for so long, if you got emotionally invested in wins and losses, it would destroy you after, like, oh, right. covering it for so long. Like, I've been doing it for, you know, eight, nine years now, and you kind of... It, it sounds bad, but you kind of become numb to it. Oh, 100%. You know, like, the result part, you can become completely numb to. Yeah, and so, and, and that's kind of even filtered into, you know, I used to be, you know, I still am like a really big Chargers fan, big Padres fan, but even now when they when they lose and stuff, I'm way more numb to it after, after being a sports broadcaster for so long than I was in the beginning. I have experienced that exact same thing too, and it is the difference between being "Quote unquote," just a fan, and the difference, and, and having a professional job to do that that doesn't really allow you to do that in in you know in that same way. And I mean, it matters that you're just like. Here's the thing: is like people won't say, will say, you know, how great is it to do what you do? And in in one sense, it certainly is. But guess what? I haven't actually tailgated a Grizz football exactly. game yeah. since before I was in, you know, no. college. You know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? And 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 that's okay because I love being there. It's great to be in the press box. Great to be in the press conferences and and watch the game. I've probably watched more Grizz football than I ever have before, and actually seen the game, which I didn't all the time before. But you know, you, there it's 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 a give and a take uh, uh, to it for sure. And you still are kind of working the game. Like a lot of people, when I'm when I'm like doing the sideline reporting for games, they're like, "Oh, that must be so cool," and it is. It's awesome. But sometimes I like just shooting highlights because I can just be there and kind of just turn my mind off and kind of 
more just, you know, I'm just shooting the game. There's no thinking involved. I can kind of like do all my own thoughts in my head about like the game and stuff. So right. it is there. It's a different perspective. Tell people about that because the sideline reporter is, first of all, the, the hardest job to do as far as I'm concerned in terms of doing it well. And second of all, the job that is the most thankless job of all of them when it comes to the actual on-air portion of it. You go, oh yeah, Michelle Tafoya, thanks for your two and a half minutes. Have a nice day. How's that paycheck? You know, like and people like have no idea like the amount of work that's going on every single play to figure out what is the question that needs to be asked about what happened, what am I paying attention to, and it's very easily to do it sort of to do it poorly like I'm doing right now and asking the question but uh, but but tell people about what it's like to sit there while you're actually working even when you're not on camera well and I think maybe the biggest challenge you know let's, let's be real this is a small market so technology we don't have the best stuff so sometimes I remember the very first year that I started doing sidelines I think it was the very first game my IFB was not working so I know that they're tossing to me for a sideline hit and I'm in like by the north end zone it is it, like they're yelling and I can't even hear when I'm supposed to start talking <laughs> and, right. and that thought this is my first game I was like I was freaking out and so I just like start talking and send it to them and, and hope that it went as and it, and it did not go great it, not at all I was standing there for 10 seconds before I started talking and I looked like an idiot but yeah it's I you always have to remind yourself it's, it's two things it's one you are watching the game from a position that nobody else can. So you try to tell the audience what you are seeing that they can't. So that's kind of number one. And then number two, you just, you kind of use, you know, some stories of, of players that, that you know that you want to tell during a game. So a lot of times like I'll have a giant notebook with lists of potential stories. Hey, if this guy scores a touchdown, if this guy gets a tackle, I'm going to try and tell a story, you know, about this. You know, so it's kind of that, and then you know, just kind of what you what you hear and, and what you see, and that's kind of the the sideline gig. Sean Rainey, ESPN Roundtable. Sean, let's talk a little bit about Montana football, the year of our Lord twenty and nineteen. Because uh, even though, as we talked about before, the objectivity of it and working it, you still are very close to it, and you see it every single day. You see it as close. You are you are the closest person to the program, you and Riley, uh, outside of anybody who's actually in the program. So as you've looked at full cycle year one of Bobby Houck and coming into year two, the staff, the players, what do you see? I think it's it's getting closer to what you know Bobby Houck wants. The one difference that he'll tell you compared to teams in the past is that they just don't have the depth. So they don't have the depth at defensive tackle, at linebacker, at corner. You know, the offensive line obviously isn't where, exactly where he wants it to be. But I think like when, when you're looking at the you know the starters across the board, like this team is pretty good. But they, I don't think they have the depth. So if there's injuries at certain positions, you know, they might have some real weaknesses. You know, as the season goes along, I think that's kind of the biggest takeaway for me. There's a couple baseline numbers I usually use to evaluate talent. Because talent is so, it's, it's objective, but it's also subjective. And fit, when it comes to talent, is essential. But it's my estimation that to be a Big Sky Conference championship team, you have to have between 10 and 12 guys on your roster that have first-team all-league talent. 
Are they going to actually get first-team All-League? No, and and it's a rare year when you have a team like Weber State have eight first-team All-League defensive players. But there's, like last year, Montana State had, let's say, four guys on their defense that had first-team All-League talent. Only one of them ended up actually getting it, and the other three were all second-team All-League guys. But they had guys that had first-team All-League talent. Last year, I thought Montana, you know, they, they probably only had four guys that were first-team All-League-type talents. I agree with you, though, Sean. I think that the talent has really improved. The other estimation is that to win the Big Sky, I think you have to have five to seven guys that are going to get a shot in the NFL. Likely, most of those guys aren't going to make the NFL. But with the expanded rosters, four, five, six, seven guys, that's usually what it takes for the Big Sky champ. The Big Sky champ usually has a handful of guys that get shots in the NFL. And that doesn't mean in a given year. You're talking about a sophomore who probably right. is going to get a shot would right. be one of the, f- the five to seven guys who would be. Right. Yeah. So, in your mind, just going through the Grizz roster off the top of your head, do you feel like they have they've upgraded to have that level of talent? I don't know if they're quite there yet. When you have, I mean, because when you think back a few years, you know, when you have like a, a Brock Coyle, a Jordan Tripp, and, you know, and, and all in the same position group and they're all going, you know, I don't know if they're there yet. I think like right now, I don't know, when, it, when you kind of think about the team, you, you know, Dante Olsen obviously will yep. probably be drafted and on a team. I would I would imagine there's a good shot. I think Sammy Kem has a chance to play at the league. Those are kind of the two that, that pop out. Maybe some of the one of the younger tight ends or something like mm-hmm. that. Um I think Jerry Lou could be like a a, a special uh, like a CFL special team type of player sure. depending yeah. something. But I think like they that. yeah, I think they have more multiple guys that that could achieve like first round or uh um first team all big sky compared to the past. I'm interested to know this because Coulter went to the University of Montana while Bobby Houck was the coach the first time around when they were at their by far most dominant national championships aside. They lost one home Big Sky Conference game in that entire four-year stretch. No, one Big Sky Conference game, period. It, was, it wasn't even a home. It was out oh, at was Weber it, State. Oh, it was a road game? Okay, well, in any mm-hmm. case. Uh, but you were not here at that time. When did you get to Montana? Was, when were you going to school? I was a freshman the year that they lost to Wofford in the playoffs and Carpenter missed the field goal to win it. 2007 playoffs, which... Were we all at that game? Probably. I was at that game. There was not a lot in the student section because that was Thanksgiving weekend. And it was frigid in that game. That was... uh, That may be the first time we were all together and we didn't even know. (laughs) Um, So there... Okay, so that was your your freshman year. So you were right at the the tail end of it, kind of. But as you've you know, go to the University of Montana and then get into this job. What to you has struck you about where the University of Montana football team and program have been over the past, you know, five to six years compared to what maybe they that the potential could be or 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 should be without necessarily the memory of oh the national championships that they won in you know the late 90s early 2000 or the dominance that they had you know through the aughts yeah it's it's like the return to dominance is like i wasn't here for a lot of it i remember you know obviously remember rooting for them in the in the two national championship losses for sure i remember matt caesar just ripping them to shreds um like i remember that um and then, obviously, you know, they had the, a little run there with Flugrad when they were pretty good. Um, but, yeah, it hasn't, like but, – but I think it, it sunk into me when I got here because it was just such a thing that it was like, we're the Grizz, we are dominant, and we're the, you know, one of the best programs, if not the best, at this level. And it was, like, ingrained to me as a student from the get-go. 
So even though like I wasn't here for like that long of it period wise, I feel like it like really kind of resonated early. Still got embedded. Yeah, and so and so you know, you feel like this whole stretch where they haven't been as good, it doesn't that doesn't seem like the norm, if that makes sense. You know? It's such an interesting analysis, and I think it's why we spent so much time on Tutel Nuanas talking about it. And you know, Sean doesn't necessarily have as, as much of an open platform to to debate the whys, but I know you were, like you said, you're only here for the last couple of years of Bobby Hawk, but you did get to see it up close and personal. And we, we talk all the time about how they're not quite as good. And and I think that's a testament to the standard Montana set because Montana has made the playoffs. It's hard to be not quite as good as never losing. <laughs> I mean, Bobby Houck went 47-5 and five against the Big Sky Conference the first time around. Pretty, pretty good. But in your mind, what's, what's missing? Can you put your finger on I, what it is? I think... I think teams are getting better, but I also think just the the style of college football lends itself to more teams being good. So like, you know, back in the day, not that many teams ran spread offenses. A lot of it was, we're gonna line up and we're gonna run the ball at you. And so if you are the bigger, better dominant team, it's just way easier to dominate those opponents because you're better. But once you start, spreading it out it kind of like is an equalizer for teams that maybe aren't as big and physical and strong and you know you can't get the biggest strongest guys so i think it's been teams getting better more talent being out there and just the style of college football has lent itself to more teams and that's why you know we still obviously see you know the alabama and and clemson it's kind of been them you know, primarily, but we, that's where I, I think you see like the UCFs and some other teams. I just think that the style of college football has lent itself to lesser programs that can't maybe get certain dudes being able to do that. So interesting because Montana as a state kind of has a type of kid that it can deliver every time. Which is bar the none. That's the tough, big, strong, overachiever. Yeah, Montana's and, not going to produce the the freak athlete wide receiver that often you know they're not it's not going to have they're not going to get the 6'5 220 pound you know wide out right. like that's just not what it what it's going to so be so when football is big 10 football montana is great but then yeah. when football is pac 12 football or sec football eh, maybe acc football big 12 football it it doesn't mean that it's not that great but it's not it, you have to be variable ESPN roundtable presented by paradise falls i want to extrapolate on that point though cuz i do think that there's been so much debate over two different topics. First of all, why it's essential to recruit Montana kids if you are the two Montana schools, and there's varying opinions on all of that. And also, what makes Bobby Houck so good? And I, I've said this on Two Tell Nuanas multiple times, but I think that Coach Houck has a standard of excellence that he refuses to delineate from. I think that is the number one factor. But I also think that the way that Bobby Houck runs his program it's to demand the development of every single person in the program. And I think that's why recruiting Montana kids and Bobby Hawk being the head coach at Montana goes hand in hand. You also see a very good fit in that element at, with Jeff Choate at Montana State right now as well. But you're not going to recruit a kid. The Gabe Solsters of the world only come along every handful of years, and the Matt Millers of the world only come along every decade if you're lucky. Guys that are actually plug-and-play, ready to go to play D1 football. I, I say this all the time, but 
Colt Anderson was on a team that won zero games our senior year of high school. When we heard Colt Anderson was walking on the Grizz, we laughed. We were like, what? And now Colt's a good friend of mine who had a 10-year NFL career. Do you look at, uh, you know, look, look at a guy like Chase Reynolds. Chase Reynolds was so overmatched when he first got to Montana. He went on to become an NFL draft pick that played in the Mark NFL. Mariani. Mark Mariani. And, and I, don't, I think it's not a coincidence that almost every single guy that Bobby Houck took that put in the league was either a partial scholarship guy or a walk-on guy because he cultivates a culture that develops kids at such a high level. And I think that's where, if you have the right coach, that's why recruiting Montana well, kids are essential because you have guys that are so raw, but when they come in, if they go to work and do the work, I mean, Shannon Schillinger was a backup until his junior year, and then he got drafted in the sixth round two years later. It, it just shows you what the diligence and the player development does at this level. Well, and for a story kind of playing off of that, when Bobby came in to do the first Grizzly Sports Report, that's when, you know, we're, before we're, the cameras are rolling, you know, I asked him how one of the, you know, the freshmen that were doing that I covered, you know, in high school. And, you know, he's very honest with me in those situations. He goes, oh, he's doing terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. He's just, you know, and he used some other words. Um, and, but, he's like, but he's like, but, you know, he's young and I'm never going to give up on a young kid. So, and that goes to show you that, like, yeah, right now, He's nowhere near seeing the field, but that doesn't mean that I can't turn him into being good by the time he's a junior senior. And that kind of plays off, you know, that story kind of plays off just what you said. Well, it's like Ryan asked Bobby Houck after the second day of Bobby Houck after the second day of, or before the second day of fall camp, he said, how would you evaluate just the status of the young guys? Bobby said, I think that the young guys are operating like I want them to, and the young guys are the opposite. They look like the young guys are the That's exactly what he said. That's exactly what he said. Uh, Sean Rainey, the subject of our ESPN roundtable, last question for you, John. Best thing about your job is what? Hmm. The best thing about my job is I never feel like I'm working. Like I wouldn't ever call it working. I never dread going to work. I always enjoy coming in every day and getting to do what I do. And sometimes you never know what that's going to be. And the variety of things that you get to cover and the variety of things that you get to do. I mean, that's that's going to be the best thing about it. I don't complain about coming to work. And a lot of people in this country, I know, you know, complain and don't enjoy what they do, but they have, they, they do it because they, you know, they kind of have to. And I am lucky enough where I don't feel that way. Sean, thank you very much. As always, enjoyed it. Thanks, fellas. Sean Rainey, the subject of our ESPN roundtable, our appreciation to Sean for coming on with us. Thanks to Paradise Falls for sponsoring Paradise Falls presenting the ESPN roundtable weekend workout culture over there on the south end of Missoula near the intersection of Brooks and Reserve Street. 18 rotating beer tap handles, a bunch of great places. I love the rooms over at Paradise Falls. You can sit inside. Outside in the gazebo, obviously all the televisions, ESPN3 capabilities, late happy hour if you're into that. Great spot to sit on the south end of town, watch some games, enjoy some, a night out with friends. Might be kind of hard to watch a Grizz game this weekend, but if you need a place, I guarantee you Paradise Falls has it. They have ESPN3 capabilities, ESPN Plus capabilities, 30 big screen TVs, whether it's the Grizz, the Bobcats, any FBS game, any NFL game, Paradise Falls got you covered. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, open 7 a.m. till midnight. Monday through Sunday, seven days a week, Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. Back after this, predictions for the weekend.
You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Welcome back, ESPN, SWX Montana Television. It is Two Tell Nuanas. We are live from Stockman's Bar downtown this afternoon. Great to be with you. Thanks for spending some time with us. We are. Happy to be there. We are broadcasting through the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. You want to call? 329-1899 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankin Brothers RV phone line. Our interview ran a little long, so we got a couple of shortened segments. But Coulter, I want to take a moment here, first of all, to recognize Arizona has already lost to Hawaii. UCLA is losing 7-0 to Cincinnati. The Pac-12 off to a very average start. And by average, I mean awful. Shocking. (laughs) They actually, here's what is shocking. UCLA, they're on the road in Cincinnati. They are the actual betting underdog in this football game. I mean, it's not shocking, but it's just, I mean, Cincinnati and a Pac-12 football team, specifically UCLA. Okay, it's all. It's all. It's interesting. Five years ago. Mike Kramer told me that there will be nothing but Mike Kramer, former Montana State, yep. Eastern Washington, Idaho State head coach. Yep. I'm telling the people, not you. I know you know. Who no, no, is. but I mean, yeah. I mean, you're right. That's fair. He told Reset me. Reset it. He told me football will never be anything but parody, rot, and mediocre in the West because the quality of life in the West is too good. Mm. He believes the Arizona State theory that I've spouted. Arizona State's never going to be anything better than six and six or seven and five because it doesn't matter what happens at Arizona State if you win or lose because you still get to go to the best party in the world every single Saturday night. Mm. And it's like Mike Kramer said, there is no such thing as the incredibly tough, crazy guys. That the whole difference here. Don't tell Terrell Suggs. Every 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 team in the country, every Power Five team in the country has the ability to recruit five star quarterbacks, five star receivers, five star running backs. The difference is the lines. And Mike Kramer's whole theory was when you're recruiting linemen from desperate personal situations in the backwoods of Mississippi or Georgia or LSU or Florida, that's completely different than recruiting kids from Rancho Cucamonga, California. <laughs> like, if you live in the suburbs, what do you actually have to play for? And I, I, don't, I think it's a little bit of an extrapolated and exaggerated theory, but every year that parity is just entrenched in the Pac-12 and, and throughout the rest of football in the West, and every year that there's nothing but mediocre play, it resonates with me even more. 
All I care about is the fact that I'm sitting at Stockman's Bar and there's football on television, and it makes me very happy. We'll take a quick break. Coulter will give you his predictions for the weekend since he is out tomorrow. MSU, Montana, what's going to happen? We'll tell you right after this. As we wrap it up on a Thursday afternoon, I got a couple of rapid-fire questions for Colton Juanez as it pertains to college football, which is... That's not what I want to talk about. Rocking and rolling. I want to talk about my pilgrimage. No. You can talk about Dave Matthews on Tuesday. By the way, no, no I, show I Monday. Here ever again. Labor. This is it. Oh. I spent my last show. We're broadcasting live through the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you missed anything in the show, you can listen on the podcast, the Two-Tell Nuanas podcast, available, well, everywhere. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can listen to the Two-Tell Nuanas podcast thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. We are at Stocks Bar enjoying uh, football, being back, college football, Cincinnati, UCLA on ESPN television most specifically. And, uh, Coulter, let's quickly, I want to talk to you about the Montana-South Dakota game and the Montana State-Texas Tech game. Uh, Montana-South, let's do Montana State-Texas Tech. We, you know, there's no mystery here that Texas Tech is uh, going to win this football game. The question is, eh, what do you say, 1%, 2% that Montana State actually wins the game? Montana State is significantly more talented and has way more potential and expectation than Portland State did when they went and beat number 24 Washington to kick off or number 24 Washington State to kick off the 2016 season. All I'm saying is anything can happen. Okay. But I totally agree with you. I think that Texas Tech is the overwhelming favorite. I think the Cats have a really, really uphill battle. Let me put it like this. It's not impossible, but nobody's picking Montana State to win the football game. Nobody. Okay. But what do you expect out of this game? Granted that it's a first game and this hard to place expectations uh, of any sort on a first college football game. Well, I expect Montana State to actually carry on because of the fact that they have half a dozen players, including three of which who are brand new to the team, who have, uh, who have way more physical talent than anything Texas Tech could ever expect. Mm. Texas Tech's not expecting Bryce they have guys on their front seven of their defense that are exceptionally talented. I also think Montana State's going to pull out all the stops in terms of the variety of packages they're going to run offensively. They're going to run four, five, six quarterbacks, and they're going to run a bunch of crazy offensive schemes. All that said, Munchie Filer being out is the biggest injury of either of the Montana and Montana State teams going yeah. into this opening weekend. Munchie Filer is the best cover corner in the state, and he's out, and that's going to hurt Montana State against Texas Tech. Uh, that game at 2 o'clock Mountain. Montana, South Dakota, 1 o'clock, be on ABC Fox Television. Uh, and, uh, Coulter, who you got in this one? Because this is a very even matchup, particularly on the road. In fact, South Dakota State, a three-point favorite in this game on the line. South Dakota, yeah. Not South Dakota State. That would sorry, be- sorry, sorry. South Dakota. Uh, I honestly think the Grizz are going are gonna to win big. Mm. I think South Dakota is uh, – I think they were really bad on defense a year ago, and I think that the new defensive coordinator will find his footing. Okay. But I don't think that he's going to – I don't think that South Dakota's going to be prepared for the array of weapons that's going to get thrown at them. I think Montana is going to get the ball in, you know, added up. I think 11 guys could touch the ball on offense besides Dalton Steve, the quarterback. I think that three tight ends – 
three or four running backs and five or six receivers could all touch the ball on Saturday. I think that's going to have South Dakota's head spinning. I think the fact that it's indoors and Montana has all of the last nine months of <laughs> brooding yes. to motivate them. I just think that Montana's going to come out, hit the gas pedal early. I expect the Grizz to win by three scores. The last play that Montana has played was the perhaps worst single moment in the history of Montana football, <laughs> certainly in Montana history. So brooding is the right word. Boys and girls, thanks for being with us on a Thursday afternoon. We will be back. I will be back tomorrow, Friday. Colter will be out Regime Seabrook going to join me on the show tomorrow. Looking forward to that very much. Have a wonderful Thursday afternoon. Enjoy. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.